Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sportsman, sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Valley sports fans, how is everybody doing today? We are the kings of drama in Phoenix, Arizona. Glad you're all part of our wacky sports market. <laughs> I am Dan Bickley. That is Vince Morata. That is Jared Carlin. That is Sarah the Ruthless. How's everyone doing? Good? Good. Can we, Good? Just get, can, can we get the elephant out of the room? Is there one in here? Yeah, I have to admit... Is that what the smell is? Uh, Dan Bickley and I have not talked off the air in over four years. <laughs> There's been shows that, that were like yeah. that. Yeah, uh, yes, yeah we've, we've seen that. Yes, there have been. Right. Yeah, right. Ooh. What do they say about rocks and glass houses, Jarrett? Shut Jesus. up, Jarrett. That's what they say. Uh, I saw a very interesting study. I'll get this off my chest before we get into uh, the excavation and the wreckage cleanup and everything that we've got planned for today. Um, a video you probably saw this as well. High school participatory sports numbers are down really across the board. The biggest loss in numbers of people and what sport they uh, participate in is cross country. Which makes perfect sense to me. I never understood that sport. I had a bunch of friends who ran cross country. And I stopped being friends with all of them yeah. immediately. Were they miserable? <laughs> I ran cross country in middle school. Did you? Yeah, until eighth, until ninth grade. You went from distance to sprinting. That's right. Because, what a versatile guy. Because running long distances was just horrible. That's right. Unless you could run. Worst. Worst. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest with you, too. I never, ever, uh, and, and I was a pretty active kid and uh, growing up. Never did I see the benefit or the interest in just running to run. That's it. Yeah. That's that's exactly where I'm at. And it's it's I live by Fountain Hills High School. You you see the cross country team out for a jog, mm-hmm. you know, because they have to get out because they run long distance yep. and they don't want to run around the track all day long. And I look at that and I go, oh man, better you than me, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> just running and running to be running. <laughs> You skinny nerds look miserable. <laughs> you look miserable. There were only when two sports. I was going sports. somewhere, I was running. Running. <laughs> there are only two sports out of all of them that gain participation. Ooh. Does anybody care to guess? I have it in front of me. So, okay, so I, you know. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to guess. One, one on the boys' side and one, one on, on the, the girls' side. Yeah. Okay. Soccer. No. Golf. Golf. Ding, yes. ding, 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 ding. Is that on the girl's side? That's on, on the, the guy's side. Oh, or I think it's combined, actually, oh, but it's, okay. it's up 4%. Okay. They're the only sport that's up. And the other uh, sport that's up, I'm sorry, marginally is volleyball. Pickleball. 0.3%. Oh. Pickleball got a huge boost oh. yesterday. Did you see that? No. LeBron, Kevin Love, and uh, Draymond Green are buying a professional pickleball team. Oh, <laughs> now, so now, now is, it's legit. Is Kevin Hart the pickleball? <laughs> there you go. Could be. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> All right, we got a lot of fun to have today. Start the show, Jared. I think. <laughs> 
The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Cannonball. Cannonball coming. Cannonball coming. The Splash. Brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Basically, the basketball season is two days old after media day and the first training camp practice for the Phoenix Suns. And man, is it off to a weird start. Isn't that weird? It's so weird. It got very weird on Tuesday when after the team's first training camp practice, DeAndre Ayton told the media that he and head coach Monty Williams haven't spoken at all (laughs) since the devastating Game 7 loss in Dallas in May. Williams then spoke to the media and said, quote, I haven't talked to a bunch of our guys. (laughs) And added he felt the team needed a break from him after the playoff exit. The Suns uh, continue camp. They've got an open practice at Footprint Center on Saturday morning and then will host the Adelaide 36ers of the NBL NBL in their first preseason game on Sunday night. Um, I started seeing the rumblings of this and immediately had to pull up the audio and the video, whatever I could get my hands on to just hear and like take in what was going on. Yeah. Because DeAndre Ayton was again in a in a pretty down mood oh, after, yeah. while talking to the media, and then I thought maybe Monty Williams would say, you know, DA is just blowing it out of proportion. No, no. he was not blowing no, it out of proportion. Was. It's amazing to me how the story went from, oh, look at DA's demeanor, the joy is gone, he must be really ticked at the Suns. What does that mean? To one day later, it's about Monty Williams and and his hardcore stance against DA. This is uh, remarkable given who Monty Williams is. Mm-hmm. We're going to get into it. There's mm-hmm. yeah. It's reasons for everything, they say. <laughs> yes. Uh, the Cardinals will be back out on the practice field today as they get ready for a week four road trip to Charlotte to take on the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. The team also made a couple of roster moves yesterday. They elevated rookie linebacker and seventh round pick Jesse Lucetta from the practice squad to make room. They released safety Deontay Thompson, who uh, again missed that block on the uh, blocked punt that cost the Cardinals early in that game. Uh, he was a fourth year player from Alabama, fifth round pick in 2019. Now, why did they do this? Apparently, there were some teams that need some pass rushers and outside yeah. linebacker help mm-hmm. that were sniffing around Jesse Lucetta. So, yeah. in order to save the prized seventh round pick, they elevated him to the 53-man roster and uh, now have a, yeah. a 13 linebackers listen, on the roster. You watch. This kid's going to pop. You watch this. Now, listen, I'm a little biased because, like I said, I have a source that really knows this kid and says this kid is going to be a really good NFL player. And I've said that. I said that right after he was drafted. So, I, I always... I, he flashed a little in the preseason. Not a ton, but I wondered why. Okay, how did this kid end up? How did they end up cutting this guy? If if my intel on this guy was so glowing and raving, now other teams are sniffing around the guy, and the Cardinals are like, uh oh, this might be another Rasul Douglas. I hope you're right. I hope your dude is right. I don't know. I mean, he's it, a Cardinals draft pick, man. <laughs> You know who else popped in the preseason? Cameron Thomas and MyJ Sanders. And Andy Isabella. And Andy See, Isabella. I, it, listen, you don't have to convince me over to the skeptical And Keontae Ingram. Yeah, listen. It's a growing, growing story in the Valley, Valley this growing belief that they need to blow this thing up. And it sounds ridiculous because they're one and two, and they're coming off a playoff season. But it is true, and people are feeling it. Yes. Uh, did you see what the Buffalo Bills did? 
this is this is wild stuff. Okay, Jay Leno, what is this? Did you see it? The Buffalo Bills. This is wild. This is wild stuff. Um, okay. They have a bunch of injuries in their secondary. So you know what they did? They went out and they signed a veteran <laughs> who was available. Yeah. You can do that. They you brought can in do that. Cornerback Xavier Rhodes, the 32-year-old who was an All-Pro in 2017, made three Pro Bowls and spent the last two years in Indianapolis. Uh, Cleveland defensive end Miles Garrett didn't completely avoid injury in his one-vehicle accident on Monday. Garrett suffered a, suffered a shoulder sprain, a bicep strain, and lacerations in the crash, but his status for uh, Sunday's game against Atlanta is still up in the air. Can't keep Miles Garrett down. Uh, and Miami quarterback Tua Tungavailoa back at practice yesterday on a limited basis. He's dealing with ankle and back injuries. Not a concussion. Suffered in Sunday's win over Buffalo. His status for tomorrow night's game in Cincinnati very much uncertain at this point. That's yeah. a pretty good Thursday night game. Listen, there were a lot of people very, very upset with the NFL because the way that, that, that Tua got up and then buckled and fell back down, there are concussion doctors who were saying, what the heck? Yeah. It, when you have that, that visceral visual evidence, like, yeah. uh-oh, he's he's not right. But he claimed his back just locked up on him, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, it sounds like he was coached up on a response. <laughs> D-back ran into a buzzsaw in Houston. They fell in the opener to the Astros 10-2. Jose Altuve let off the game with a home run off Zach Davies, then homered again in the sixth, the first of three long balls given up by reliever and Ian Kennedy, which ran the lead to a seven for the Astros. In all, Houston hit five home runs on their way to the their 102nd win of the season. Second and final game of the series tonight features two of the best in the game opposing each other. Arizona ace Zach Gallen, 12-3 with a 2.46 ERA, faces Justin Verlander, who brings a 17-4 mark a good and a major league leading 182 ERA to the mound. First pitch, 5-10. Pre-game coverage starts at 4-30 on ESPN 620 AM and 98.7 FM HD2. And another game with no home runs for Aaron Judge. He continues his quest to uh, top Roger Maris's team in American League record for most home runs in a single season. Seven straight games without a homer, which is not actually big news, but it is for him. He's stuck on 60, but he did walk four times and scored twice in the Yankees' 5-2 win that clinched the division uh, for them for the first time since 2019. The St. Louis Cardinals also clinched the National League Central 6-2 win over the Brewers, and like the Yankees, first Redbirds division crown since 2019. Playoffs shaping up, uh, and I think it's going to be a very interesting postseason. Then go anybody not name the Dodgers again is my stance. Yeah, I, I, is I that don't know. Petty? How I, feel. I no, a little bit, but that's okay. That's okay. I, I don't know. I don't know who I want to cheer for in these baseball. Maybe the Mariners. The Mariners Ooh. haven't been in the playoffs in 20 years. They're fun. Can we adopt Seattle, Vinny? Would you, would you be down for that? <laughs> no, not no. an NL team. Come on, man. With the Mets, I've held a grudge against the Mariners since 1995. Mm. Anybody but the Mariners or the Dodgers. <laughs> I, I amended my stance right there. All right, there you go. There is your splash uh, for Wednesday, September 28th. Coming up next, communication not exactly a strong point for the Phoenix Suns early in the season. We'll get into that next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Dan Pickley, Vince Morata. Pickley and Morata Mornings. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. How have you and Bonnie kind of been able to move? I haven't spoken on. No, I haven't spoken at all. Ever since the game. Wait, what? 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 Again? Can we hear that again? How have you and Bonnie kind of been able to move? I haven't spoken on. No, I haven't spoken at all. 
ever since the game. That was the headline that came out of the uh, first day of Suns camp How there. How is that? Just out of curiosity and listen, and, and, and I love the media that covers the Suns. I love Dwayne Rank and I love all those guys. How does that not get asked on media day? I was wondering the same thing. And, and again, I wasn't there, so I, I don't want to judge. Yeah. But how did that I, I, not just, how did that question, how are you and Monty doing, how did that not come up? Because you could tell D.A. was waiting to say that. Oh, yeah, he didn't even let. Midway through the was that, sentence. Was that Mark McLuhan that was asking the I question? Think so. And yeah. I think, yeah he, yeah, he didn't even let him finish the question. We haven't yeah. spoken since game seven. There was a quick, uh, immediate reaction to that. Wait, wait a minute, what? Uh, you haven't spoken since game seven. <laughs> Then there was the, all right, uh, the media is going to get to talk to, to Monty Williams about it. And um, he kind of, there's so much sound to go through here. I can't find where this one is either. Um, Jared, do you have that one handy? About uh, Monty saying that he hasn't spoke to him either? Yeah, that one. Well, that seems like a crazy thing for him to say, but I'm sure he has it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> here. Oh, this is a well-oiled machine. Well, hold hold on. I will. I'll play more DeAndre Ayton first. Some okay. some follow-ups there. Uh, he did say it's not really just a spat or anything. Just not talking. I just haven't spoken to the man. Disagreement. I don't know about. I don't know anything about it. But I just know I haven't spoken at all. Okay, so they haven't talked since Game Seven of the Dallas series. Do you want to? Before we talk about this, are we waiting to play more cuts or what? Well, What's going on here? Here's just Monty. They said like. You know, have you not talked to DeAndre? And is that something that has to be resolved? No, I, I think I haven't talked to a bunch of our guys. Um, as I said earlier this summer, like they, they needed a break from me, the gym. Is, is not Unless you were in the gym like every day. I've had interactions with everybody, but talking to guys about deep stuff, there's a number of guys I haven't talked to. So that that was the justification. I am not yeah. talking to DeAndre Ayton, who everybody right. identified it back in mid-May, Vic, about DeAndre Ayton is a guy that you might have to patch some things up with. And mm-hmm. then the whole contract thing happened. That was another layer of kind of, I don't know, weirdness. DeAndre Ayton is back. There wasn't a press conference at the time. I, I'm dumbfounded, and I'll, I'll use that word, Yeah, that... And Monty went on to justify, hey, we the guys needed a break. So even when they were in the gym, I didn't come down and I didn't talk to any of the guys. I agree with that. After an exit like that, everybody needs a break. Mm-hmm. I get it. That was seven. Uh, DeAndre Ayton got his extension 76 days ago. Yeah. The Suns were eliminated by the Dallas Mavericks 136 days ago. Yeah. You can accomplish both. You oh, can give your guys a break and still get communication so, where it needs to happen. Yes, yes. This is so out of character for Monty Williams that, as I wrote about today, it has to be exactly the point. It, this has to be exactly what he is trying to do. Uh, Monty Williams, everything about him, it's family, it's relationships, it's communication, it's connectivity, it's being there for one another. It's all of that homespun stuff that that he is known for this is so out of character for him the idea that the guys needed a break from me there is undoubtedly truth to that and there would be truth to any coach player dynamic after a two-year period that included as much stress and failure particularly this last postseason when nobody seemed to be having any fun at all but the way it was left with DeAndre Ayton was very tumultuous and and very Weird. 
So if there's an exception to the rule, you reach out and you talk to DA. So clearly this is by design. So why? Why are they why are they treating DA like this? And then go back to what what was said at at media day. We've wanted DeAndre Ayton to stay here since day one. We questioned that a little bit yesterday. That yeah. wasn't the operation, certainly. Uh, you know, the way it shook out, you can conveniently say that. Right. But you had to rely on another team to make a max offer to get the, the, the wheels spinning on that. We all believed, I think, as a market, that Monty went over the top in singling out DeAndre Ayton for blame after Game 7. And even by giving voice to it, by when being asked the famous "it's internal" yes. quote, mm-hmm. okay, so we all believed. So, so common, still is internal, by the yeah, way. Right. <laughs> so common sense would lead you to believe that if if that were all true, Monty Williams would feel compelled to reach out to him and say, "Listen, dude, sorry, sorry if it went down that way." You know, I got these issues, but let's work through them. But first of all, let me just say I apologize for what this has done in terms of casting unfair amounts of blame on you. He did not. You do know, that, I still love tells you. Tells you so yeah. much. You know, I still believe in you. Yeah, you're still yeah. the future of the team. Mm-hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong. Doesn't Monty Williams famously say that he and his players text all the time? Yes, like in the off season Look, that they're they're on vac- on vacation on off days that they always are keeping in touch. Monty now to, to nitpick, uh, we don't know if there was no texting going on, but this this was something I'm that needed sure that's to be. What that meant. I, I think that's pretty sure. I, I think it, you're probably right because this is something that needed a face to face conversation. Am I wrong? No. When, no. when the Suns lost Game Seven on a Sunday, I think it was Tuesday. Monty Williams and James Jones. There was no players made available to the media on Zoom. It was those two that were made available. And Monty Williams said at that time, so that would have been, what, May 14th? Mm-hmm. He said at that time that he hadn't talked to DeAndre Ayton. I thought it was weird then. I did too. Because you can understand with what happened in Game 6 and especially what happened at Game 7 where you go to halftime at Game 7, you know your season is over. There had to be a lot of frustration. What just happened, mm-hmm. you can kind of write that off for, for uh, frustration-wise, even mm-hmm. for a guy who's been as even-keeled as Monty Williams has. But then when that emotion and the embarrassment and the pain wears off, cooler heads usually prevail. Clearly. And and they didn't happen here. And it's fascinating to me. So so what do you draw out of this? I'll tell you what I draw out of this, especially with a head coach like Monty Williams, who at, on multiple occasions has self-glossed himself in terms of how much investment he puts into guys and their personal lives. He's been on record as saying, hey, these guys know. I, this is the way I am. I am deep into these guys. I, I don't shortchange them. And, and so so for this, to stand on this and say, yeah, I, uh, there's a lot of guys I haven't talked to. Well, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a lot of bench guys that, that he wouldn't even think of talking to. Yeah. But, for, but in this situation, so, so the why of it has to matter. And so to me, it's one of a couple of different options. Number one, they want DeAndre Ayton in a frame of mind where he wants out of here the minute the Suns can bring an offer. On January 50, they don't want him going, no, I'm kind of happy here. I'm, no, I'm going to veto that. So so you so you create this wall, this emotional wall that makes Diego, okay, I'm done here. Yeah. 
And so that might be one or or this is just the way they think they need to handle him now based on the fact that maybe he broke bad worse than any of us even knew. Maybe. But uh, I don't know what that would look but like. But one of the follow up questions to D.A. Yeah, again, this is September, not January. Are you happy here? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm in between those lines now. I just work. You know, I'm not playing for myself. You know, I have an organization across my chest. I mean, on my back, I have to represent. I'm just here to work. Man. I mean, the, the telling part, are you happy here? Mm-hmm. I'm all right. I'm all right. It's a guy who just got $133 million. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> and what's and weird we about this is, as we pointed out, that when he signed the contract, there didn't seem to be any resentment. As Jared's pointed out, he did that photo shoot with the team. Seemed happy then. He's doing promo stuff on Media Day, saying it's a revenge tour. So it, it's right. all over the place right it's now. Incredible. It, I looked back at the photos that the Suns team account posted from the day that he signed his contract. It was Robert Sarver and James Jones there. Monty Williams was not in those photos. Ah, uh, <laughs> hmm. that is. How about a fresco? <laughs> That's good. Good job, Ruth. Yeah, we'll get into this. There's, there's so many possibilities here, but man, we we got a lot to talk about. You don't normally have this much to talk about on day two of training camp. No, week four of Bix Picks is here. Text pick to six twenty six twenty to sign up. Compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize, a seventy five inch TV, courtesy of Corona Extra. Weekly winners will receive an NFL jersey of their choice and a $50 gift card to cold beers and cheeseburgers. Just text PICK to 620-620 to enter. Coming up next, Cardinals shuffling their roster a little bit more to avoid having somebody plucked from the practice squad. How much sense does it all make? We'll get into that and more next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. What's great about this team, and I think the way that this is going to turn out to be in our favor, the way this season has started, is the um, how can we improve that that sort of growth mindset that we're kind of pressing, leaving no stone unturned, being able to um, constantly reevaluate from from a, a not a detached um, position, but. Um, an area where you're open, open-minded to to whatever we can do to get better, we're going to do it. We're going to correct it. We're going to address it, and we know it's to to be better each and every week. I think that's going to help us down the road. It's Dennis Gardak of the Arizona Cardinals speaking with the media yesterday on the growth mindset of this team through three games. It's been a struggle for the Cardinals so far. They are one and two. Uh, the two losses have been concerning for similar reasons. I mean, week one against Kansas City, they just started slow and got dominated for 60 minutes. Yeah. Uh, week three against the Rams, they started slow, found themselves back in the game, but couldn't get over the hump. And there, there's issues all over. And the reason why I play a Dennis Gardeck, A, he talked to the media yesterday, and B, he's listed as an outside linebacker. Uh, between the outside and inside linebacker positions now, Bick, after right. the roster move yesterday to right. elevate Jesse Lucetta and cut Deontay Thompson, Almost 25% of the Arizona Cardinals roster is comprised of linebackers. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Listen, their uh, their defensive metrics, according to some um, on defense, it's frightening. They're frighteningly bad, um, according to some metrics. That doesn't really necessarily jive with what we've seen, but I think our expectations on defense have been very, very low. This is a, a monumental game they're facing. One of, the, one of the lines of thought, the latest thing to come out of uh, Cardinals camp that made my blood boil was this idea 
idea that on Sunday against the Rams, the Cardinals had a great game plan that they just couldn't get to because they fell behind. And I, I, my head wanted to explode at that point. Then don't fall behind. Yeah, then shouldn't that be behind. item one on the game plan? Make, yeah, make item one on the game plan. Make the game plan not falling behind. Okay, this idea that, man, if we just would have just, if we'd have been ready to play, we had the plan of all plans to take down the Rams. That is so cowardly to say that. We just didn't check that first yeah, most important right. box of being yeah. ready to play. Yeah, so, I mean, that that to me, it, it's nonsense. So they're, they're going to have to do this on the road in Carolina, and I'm not even sure how good this Panthers team is. Uh, I do know they, they're dangerous, I think, um, but it, it, to me, they're they're also playing a quarterback that'll turn the ball over, and this is a this would be a really good chance for the secondary to to, to come up with some interceptions. Yeah, but that's what we said going into last week too. Matthew, Matthew Stafford, Stafford had thrown five picks yeah. in two games, throwing it all over the yard. Yeah, yeah. So I, it, it's it, it, to me, it's it's one of these things where. If you take away you take away that miracle ending in Vegas, and this team would be in full blown collapse right now. And this is that's that's how thin the margin is. That's how thin the line is that this football team is walking right now. Yeah, and and, and everybody's got different thoughts on what they've seen and where they think this team is going right now. And I don't think this is going in a very good direction. I picked eight wins to begin the season. I think they'll be hard pressed to get to that level at this point. There's other people, uh, you know, that have a, a different viewpoint. That view point is it's three games there's 14 games left to play they started the season everybody knew they were starting the season with three playoff teams uh let, let let's see what they do uh, you know in this next stretch of games and that's in- entirely fair but where my concern mm-hmm. with that thinking is is those three playoff teams kansas city came in really ready to play in week one they looked fantastic they have not looked fantastic since they beat the Chargers kind of in a struggle on, on a Thursday night game, and then they lost to the Colts, who hadn't hadn't won a game yet. The Rams have not looked like the defending Super Bowl champions, no, and even though not. they came to town and beat the Cardinals, they don't look all that formidable right now. And the, the Las Vegas Raiders are 0-3 right now, mm-hmm. and there's already people calling for their head coach to be fired, or at least saying they should have given the job to the interim Rich Passaccia last year instead of handing it over to Josh McDaniels. Uh, so you know, your well, big comeback victory came maybe against one of the worst teams in the league right now. Yes, and and the whole Josh McDaniels thing, I th- I think people expected a little more competence out of him. But it's again these these Bill Belichick assistants, man, they're just they beware next time anybody wants to hire one of them. That uh, yeah, if uh, yeah, I agree with you that that they're 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 staking a lot on on railing to beat an zero and three football team. So this is. The time is now. The time is now. You go and you win this game in Carolina. I think you can effectively grant yourself a reprieve for a very disjointed opening month of football. Yeah, and when you look at, uh, and you brought up the defensive metrics, and they paint a really ugly picture for that defense. But again, that was somewhat expected. If you watch people or ask people that really watch the Arizona Cardinals closely through three weeks, have you been more disappointed by the offense or the defense? I think the offense gets like 99% of the vote there. Right. That was supposed to be the strength. And then, oh, I know there's injuries and where's, where's DeAndre Hopkins and the, and the receivers? It's just this never ending flow chart that always ends up back at the same place. Hey, we yeah. don't have all of our players. Uh, right. And, and again, that's, that's, that's just, that's not that uncommon. 
That's just not that unique. So that that only goes that so far. So you know, I again, it's I think that they've really got to they've got to get smart here. The the more you back up and look at that opening drive on Sunday, the more you realize how do you call that play on third and one? Go against Jalen Ramsey against a very shaky wide receiver on your first possession of the game. How does that happen? It it, it 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 sounds like you're making a big deal about one play, but think about the context here from a team that hasn't scored a point in the first quarter. How do you how do you not have points of attack that are guaranteed to work in the first six, seven, eight plays? I agree. When I you go three and out it. on your first drive like that, too, it sets a tone, and yes. it's obviously was followed in the Indeed. next several drives, and then later in the game too. If you want to talk about play calling, and this was questioned in real time by a lot of people. You know, down by the goal line, you go to a wildcat and, and, you know, keep Kyler Murray on the field and run him in motion basically out of the play. Here's an indication. The guy's running, the guy who's taking the snap, James Conner's running the football and you're basically going 10 on 11. Yeah. Because right. Kyler Murray's not a threat to get the ball, and he's not a threat to block anybody. Exactly. And it's like you said, with the same with the option plays that they run. Kyler Murray does not run those plays effectively to the point where there's actually an option. And, and so it's it's just it's stuff like this that is exactly like what we saw last year, which is exactly what the Cardinals couldn't afford to do. They're running back the exact same offense with the exact same plays. Hollywood Brown is running the same routes DeAndre Hopkins does exclusively on the left side of the field. Mm-hmm. It's that that to me that to me is why my optimism is waning disproportionately to the team's record. And they need to change that. Yeah, and, and people can ask, all right, if they go to Carolina and they find a way to win that game, does that make everything better? I, I don't know. It would make things certainly better to be 2-2 two and two during this stretch, especially when you've played poorly. But what do the optics look like? We kind of came out of that Vegas game with this enthusiasm over the style in which they won it, but the underlying stuff was all very concerning. The, the Raiders shut down offensively. You know, the, the the Raiders got really generous with the football in, in the overtime period. They wanted to turn it over, apparently. Um, so it wasn't all the Cardinals taking that game. They did a good job of taking advantage of what uh, the opponent w- was lacking to do. But, yeah, there's there's still so many questions going oh into goodness. week four. And we'll get into them uh, not oh, yeah. only today, but as the week rolls on. Coming up next, around the NFL, there's a lot of different ways for a coach to win over players. But we might have experienced a new one. We'll get into that and uh, more in NFL Hash Marks next. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. Hash Marks. We saw it on uh, on the bus ride going to the airport. He, he's the one that showed it to me. And, yeah, everybody's going crazy about it. Um, man, I, I can't tell you, our guys freaking love seeing that. And that's not him being mad that we lost. He was so upset that we felt the way we felt. And as, as a player looking at your offensive coordinator, having that much emotion and, and care for the game, and he prepares so hard that he wants to win. He wants to do everything in his power to win. And guys see that, and they truly believe, like, that's that's a great sign from an offensive coordinator, someone that cares so much about, one, his players, two, the game plan that he's putting in. He shows so much pride in everything that he does. So, um, 
I know people might be making a big deal out of it, but as players, we freaking love seeing that. That's Josh Allen, the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, after their first loss of the year with a viral moment from the press box offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey when the Bills couldn't get the ball uh, clocked uh, to, to, to set up for a, you know, a field goal and time ran out on them because they had no timeouts. He lost his mind. He was slamming his headset, notebooks. Yeah. Um, finally, somebody in that press box put their hand over the camera, but everybody was talking about the Ken Dorsey reaction. Yeah. But you hear Josh Allen's uh, reaction. I mean, that's a guy in the fir- his first year on that job taking over for Brian Dable. Um, that might pay dividends. If, if, well, you're, if, if you can win your players over that way, showing you care that much for, for a team yeah, that talented. I, yeah, okay, I, I guess. I, I think the bigger issue here is do the Buffalo Bills, for all their talent, do they rely too much offensively on Josh Allen to do all the running as well as the throwing? Because by the end of that game, you could tell he was smoked. And and they just they didn't have the crispness to get up and clock the ball and get off a field goal attempt, uh, which is... Uh, Quite a reprieve for the Dolphins because had the Dolphins coughed up that game after the butt punt, right? Mm-hmm. That would have been a bad, bad deal for them. That would have been a hard. That would have been a real chunk of adversity for that team to have to come over. Um, so, so I just I wonder about that. It, it's it's Buffalo's got everything it needs to dominate and to win a Super Bowl, except they don't have a running game to supplement Josh Allen and this idea that they keep making him make plays between the tackles. It's it's I they're 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 flirting with danger here. They, I mean, I think everybody sees it and everybody knows it. They are. And, and when you hold up what Josh Allen does in the run game for Buffalo again, and put it up against what Kyler Murray does in the run game or doesn't do in the run game for the Cardinals. It's it's two ends of, of the spectrum. Night and day. Night and day. It's, both of them got to veer toward the middle, I think. Yeah, because I watch Josh Allen and I'll admit I think it's. Really fun to watch him play football because he does throw caution to the wind and he does sacrifice his body to get Fight extra yards in the run game. Gla- grass, yeah, right? but it's going to end up costing him at some yeah, point. And that's and that would be a shame for a city like Buffalo. Who who I listen. I if the Cardinals are not going to be in contention, I would not mind seeing Buffalo win a Super Bowl just to see the communal reaction in Buffalo, just to see that fan base rewarded because those are those are sports stories everybody can gravitate to. The long suffering fan base finally getting the championship it's it's fun to see that stuff and i think the bills and the vikings in the nfl nobody can hold a candle to them those two fan bases and what they've been through mm-hmm. so but, but i think the bills are playing a dangerous game here and after that game josh allen i one of the most i i didn't see this after the game on sunday i saw it on a highlight the way that he went up and just kind of hugged Tua and then just dropped his head into his chest mm-hmm. it was like he had nothing left. No, it was. There were some people that that said it looked like Tua was consoling Josh Allen. There was others that were saying no. Josh Allen was leaning on Tua because he couldn't stand up. He on couldn't his own. stand anymore. He, was, he needed a nap. I think he fell asleep there. Yeah. It was like Josh, Josh. Hey. That, well, well, oh, oh, sorry. That yeah. daytime September Miami heat hits different. Listen, I don't know if you've been to uh, South Florida in I've September. Not. It's, I've not. It's, it looks beautiful on television. The humidity plus the temperature. It is god awful. If yeah, listen, you you lose your legs early in the third quarter playing. That's what people have said. I wouldn't know, but but that's what people have said. It's it's by the middle of the third quarter, you're done. Yeah, you're just done. Uh, Tom Brady even had a little crack on the Ken Dorsey tantrum. I thought it was pretty impressive. No, I've been mad. That was he was that was a lot of anger in that, and it's impressive. I it looked like a little trademark infringement based on my prior week. <laughs> so I got maybe send a cease and desist to Ken. But I like the passion, Ken. Keep it up. Bills are always trying to do uh, what you do, aren't they? 
That's right. And I'm not the only adult uh, in the entire league that's throwing temper tantrums. So thank you, Ken, for taking me off the hook. How can you dislike that guy? He's so self-aware, Vic. Oh, yeah, listen. Yeah, wear some more clothes with your name and picture on it, Tom. Why don't you do that? You're not aggravating enough. Yeah, listen, I saw and, and, the reaction to that on social media yesterday and, and, and what fans were saying. Like, this is beyond corny. Oh, 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 yeah. He's cornered the market on it. And the difference is Ken Dorsey up in the press box. You don't really think you're being watched. If you're on the sideline and you're Tom Brady and you're just flinging tablets to the ground. I mean, it's like the the NFL has uh, has a a deal with that tablet company. Yes. Right. And and, and that's not good for their business. The NFL had to say, stop breaking the tablet. Those things are expensive. Yeah. Well, it's it just makes it it's it's a bad look on the tablet. Like my Microsoft Surface. Boom. (laughs) My Microsoft Surface. It's broken. Right. Right. Um, But. Yeah, and I those those coaches do have to know. There's a camera there that they're going to that camera shot okay. a couple times during the game, but and they okay, don't like they right, don't like right, to I'll be watched. That. Okay, I'll buy that. I, in college, when I used to work on the ASU broadcast and travel, and you go and and sometimes you're in the booth next to the opposing coaches, they would tape up the whole glass window. You've probably seen it. Oh, they'll, yeah. they'll put newspapers uh-huh. and like blackout curtains. They do not want to be watched in there. So. That's true. They do do that. That's a that's that's a true fact. There are two undefeated teams left. Only two through three weeks, and it's the Philadelphia Eagles and the mm-hmm. Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure nobody. I'm sure everybody had that as their prediction through three weeks of the season. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of people are elevating. If you look at the power rankings, those two teams are near the top of the power rankings with good reason. They both look good. Uh, Jeff Darlington from ESPN, however, says you can calm down on that. Every year, the first five, six weeks of the season, look in 2020. Like, in mid-October, Russell Wilson was the lock to be the MVP. No doubt. And what ultimately happened with that year? Like, it takes 17 games to truly prove that you're putting together a great season. Yes, the Eagles are doing a great job early on. So, too, are the Dolphins. Like, so are the Jets and the Giants, other than last night's game for the Giants. But it doesn't mean that in Week 17, we're not going to be back to talking about the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bucks, the Packers. To truly prove that you have turned the corner into an elite team, you've got to do it for longer than three weeks. It's very true, and I think there's thousands of Cardinal fans listening to this right now nodding in agreement. Mm-hmm. Remember uh, week, week 10 last year, week uh, yeah. 12 last uh-huh. year? 10 and 2? This team's going to the Super Bowl. Nope. Not so Kyler fast, Murray's yeah. going to be the MVP. Yeah, not nope. so fast. Yeah, but these are but these are early indicators and I and I do think the Philadelphia thing is a chance for of of being for real and I'm telling you right now. This is the next Cardinals home game, folks, and th- there is a storm coming because it, the Chiefs came to Glendale in big big numbers. But Chiefs are Midwestern fans. They're pretty nice. They're decent people. They're not going to come into somebody else's stadium and make a mess. Eagles fans? Ah! <laughs> just wait. Gonna be cheese whiz it's, all over the place. It's not going to just be the green in the stadium, Vinny. It's going to be the noise, right? They're going to be loud, proud, obnoxious Philadelphians. And, and they've got a football team that is feeling it. So I'm telling you, the next home game for the Cardinals, this is another reason why they need to come home 2-2. Two and two. Yeah, because there's, there's a real have fun with that. Real good chance Philadelphia comes in here four and zero. They got a home game against Jacksonville, who was really good, and they look formidable again. Like the Jacksonville Jaguars, who knew they're actually an NFL team? <laughs> they got an NFL coach, but 
The Eagles should win that game at home. I, I asked my buddy if um, about Philly fans coming to Arizona. It's already been circled on their calendar. It is by far the best destination city on their away schedule. Really? Yeah. Even in early he said, October? He said it was that or Chicago. <laughs> really? But, but, Better uh, than Landover, Maryland? Commanders? <laughs> 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 That's right. All right, uh-huh. Philly fans, if you're coming, bring Yingling with you. We can't get it here. Uh, coming we up. Can't? I think you can. Can you now? Yeah. I've never seen it anywhere. I don't remember I I have. We how talked we about acquired that. some, but we have some. At- no. They don't have it at those big uh No, we, talk, we talked stores. about it going into the playoff game last year. Remember the, the, the oh, Pottstown, yeah. Pennsylvania curse? And that's where Yingling oh, is from. Yeah. And somebody delivered that's Yingling right. to the station. We uh, Yeah, we need to rectify that. We also need to get some spotted cow in Arizona. Yeah. Right? I have both of those beers in my fridge right now. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We need more wow. exotic fruit, too. <laughs> that was the best ever when they said yes, that. Yes, we too, right? Sarah, what do you need? Anything? Breakfast burritos. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Thanks. I need some, uh, some Italian beef, please. <laughs> Any other orders? Anyone? Uh, that's funny. <laughs> that's good. Uh, coming up next, maybe the Phoenix Suns can look east in uh, terms of how to patch up relationships between coach and star player. Maybe. We'll get into that suggestion and more next. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.